0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today. Dave Riesinger here, and we've got a doozy for you. So first of all, I don't know if you're like me. I don't like clutter, and we've got a lot of books on this table right now. Some of you that uh, are like me probably feel a little anxiety, having you just kind of feel boxed in, a little claustrophobic, but there's a reason for these books. Um, I don't know if you're a reader. Um, I, I like to read, um, I used to hate to read. My daughter absolutely loves reading. Uh, but have you ever been impressed with authors who can just pump out volumes of content? Have you ever been a person that says, man, I would love to be able to write a book one day, but I don't know if I would be able to. I don't know if I have the, the mind to really think that book through. Um, maybe you have a favorite author or a favorite series, romance novels or sci-fi or whatever it is. But I wanna actually tell you today that you are an author and you have produced massive volumes of books, not books written with pen and paper on this side of eternity, not books that are stored in Barnes and Noble or libraries on earth, but you have written volumes and volumes of books with your mouth that are actually being recorded and being stored in the volumes of heaven. Now, what do I mean by that? This is interesting. The, po- the, 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 the power of the mouth um, and the ability to harness that power is what we're going to talk about today. The title of my message is The Manuscripts of the Mouth. The Manuscripts of the Mouth. Um, now, doing the math, we speak a lot. There's varying uh, stats on how much we talk but they say that the average man speaks about 12,000 to 15,000 words every single day. Uh, women speak about 17,000 to 20,000 every day. I heard one guy say, with gusts, up to 50,000, right? Um, we, we, we talk a lot. We love to talk. And if we're not talking with our mouth, what are we doing? We're talking with our hands. We're on social media. We text all day long. Um, there was an artist that did... <laughs> A rendition a friend of mine showed me and they took a scene from um, like downtown New York somewhere and all these people in a crowd and they're all looking at their phones and he edited out the phones and it was just so weird to see all these people with phones edited out of their hands um, just looking down it looks so bizarre but we are all about talking we're all about words um, you know that if you were to calculate the math on how much you and I talk um, we produce the equivalent of 36 1,000-page books every year. Think about this. That would be like this book right here. We produce 36 of these 1,000-page books every year. And Scripture alludes to the fact that, that all of these books, every word we speak, um, are, are recorded in heaven, right? And so why is that important? Well, right here on this table, we have literally the equivalent, I did the math, I added up the pages, we have the equivalent of four months worth of our words. Four months of the books we produce with our mouth. And here's why it's important to understand. And this is where I want you to lock in because if we can get this thing right, if we can get the pie hole right, right, we can really direct the course of our life. And we can literally change some things around because some of us um, I, I am the chief of sinners when it came to this. It, it, I came into Christianity, I came into the faith loving Jesus, but man, my heart and my mouth, and we're gonna talk next week about this dysfunctional marriage between the two, but my mouth was a wrecking ball. And the next day, it would be a source of revival. We saw a lot of people, I love preaching the gospel, but I remember the long, hard process of really having to face Um, this instrument um, and using it in a way that God wanted me to for healing. Here's what Matthew 12, 36 says. Jesus says, But I tell you that men will give an account on the day of judgment for every, come on, say it with me, every, you can say it even though I can't hear you, every careless word. Your version might say idle word. Um, Some versions say empty words. Um, You will give an account on judgment day for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, I looked this up, the word give account, right? What does that mean? <laughs> it's, it's our word logos, or logos, however you want to pronounce it. It's to give a statement, it's to give a speech, or the word logos, or logos, means the reason why. Jesus was the logos who became flesh. He was the reason why behind, behind everything. He became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the incarnation. And so literally Jesus from his own mouth, he's saying, you will on the day of judgment, maybe for Christians that means at the Bema seat where we receive our rewards and we do a review of our life. Like each one of us, think about this. You will stand with just you and Jesus. Think about how long that line's gonna be and I hope hope we don't sense time. Maybe the clock doesn't exist at that point um, because man, I got some splaining to do, right? We're gonna go through every book, and we're going to go through every word. And even if you're going to heaven, there is an account that we have to give for the careless words that are written on the pages of the volumes or the series. Maybe we'll call this series, um, you know, my mouth. And Jesus is going to walk through it with us. And so this word careless, every careless word, it means inactive, inactive, So we're going to give an account for every inactive word. That doesn't sound evil, does it? Every idle word, every lazy word. Think about that. That God cares, not just about like the wicked, like the F-bombs and, you know, the the bad cuss words or the time that you just ripped somebody up one side and down the other. Apparently, we're going to give account for the thoughtless words. Uh, Another uh, definition is unprofitable words and injurious words. So again, it's not just the hateful things we say. It's just the words that were not thought out and were not carefully released um, and used in a way that they came forth for the purpose of healing, of edifying, and of building up. Um, But so many times, we don't even intend to do it. And again, it comes from the inside. But even though we didn't have bad intentions, those things can still do permanent damage. And so we're going to break into this a little bit more. So under this My Mouth series, I wonder what would be written in the chapters of your books. If we were to open these books up, so let's just say this is one of your books. And we go to chapter 5. And Oh, here's chapter 5. So imagine you're there with Jesus, and he opens the book, and he reads... uh, this chapter is titled, Keeping It Real. Interesting, okay. I see, I see what happened here. I see why it's titled that. And uh, this chapter was about unlaunched, unfiltered, keeping it real words where you just had to share your heart and you didn't slow down to think about how those words would last and live on and have impact. Again, my hand is up. I have been so guilty Of writing many chapters of hey I was just keeping it real we might flip to you know chapter 10 this chapter is called my way or the highway man I've written this chapter right so this is this 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 chapter is all about those who didn't want to go with your plan those who disagree with you those who didn't see it your way and man you read the pages how many how many pages have you written like this again my hand is up both my hands are up okay if you don't want to go with my plan then uh, you can hit the road. Um, if you don't see it my way, then uh, we're, we're not going to walk in step. There's not going to be a whole lot of unity. I had to learn the hard way on this one. Or, or, or maybe there's another chapter. So we go to chapter 12, and uh, this chapter is called, Oh, she ain't all that. What's this all about? Oh, you're talking maybe about a girl in chapter 11 who I thought was your best friend one chapter previous. But in chapter 12, behind closed doors and with other friends, man, there's some words here where we are talking bad and defaming and slandering, right? Again, this isn't meant to condemn anybody, but I'm saying like, ooh, when I read this, I literally had, I mean, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven, but I had this feeling like, man, I talk a lot for a living and I process out loud. And I literally had this like kind of sobering feeling like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a lot of answering to do. And I, I know Jesus loves me and I'll get my rewards, but to think that I have to process that and then the fact that the Lord is going to show me what those words produced. And this is why we have to understand the creative power that there's life and death in our tongues. And so what if we begin like to go on this mission to write some new chapters Okay, these might be corny, but I wrote some new chapters down. And maybe these are some things that could be found in our book. You know, what if the volumes that we're creating up into this point, man, they looked like some of the chapters we just wrote. But man, we make a conscious decision like, Lord, I'm submitting this mouth. I'm submitting my tongue. I'm submitting my words, my communication, the way I verbalize my feelings. I'm really going to be intentional about submitting it in a way that glorifies Christ and builds other people up, even when I have to confront. But what if there was just this turn? And there you're you're with Jesus on Judgment Day, and he starts to flip the chapters and everything changes, and now you've got new chapters, right? So one chapter might be blessing those who curse you, right? So instead of being offended, our words are now about blessing the people that have made life tough on us. Maybe there's another uh, chapter called Quenching the Flame, we're going to talk in a minute about, you know, the, the tongue and the fact that it's a fire and it's lit on fire by hell itself. But, you know, all of a sudden we learned to put the fire extinguisher to this, this tool that is in our mouth and comes from our heart and our mind. You know, maybe one of them is uh, pumping the brakes on the pie hole. <laughs> I, I, again, something I've had to learn. Hey, sometimes I, I really can't produce anything good to say, but I saved a relationship, or I prevented a wildfire simply because I pumped the brakes on my pie hole, right? Shutting the trap to open heaven. I've seen this time and time again. You know, throughout scripture, you didn't see people get disciplined or you didn't see the consequences of God's judgment many times until people open their trap and they begin to speak complaining words or doubtful words. Or, or, or hateful words and even though it was in their heart, if they could just keep it out of their mouth and, and give time for the Lord to process with them, they could have prevented judgment. You know, maybe, maybe there's another chapter called Raising a Dead Marriage by Speaking Life. I've seen this time and time again. There's been times in my own marriage where I feel like, you know, I'm, uh, I love my wife but man, we're just not doing good and if I will speak life instead of death, what seems like it's just a tough situation, the power of words to come into that situation and literally be seeds that grow hope, joy, love, forgiveness, reconciliation. It's amazing to see. Or maybe your chapter is new words, new beginnings. I'm telling you what, <clears throat> when we learn to speak differently, we will see different results in our life. So let me read through James chapter 3, 1-12. through 12. And I'll break some things down. Forgive me here. I got a little situation with my my throat. Maybe my mouth doesn't want to uh, let some of this out, and it's giving me problems here. James three one not many of not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I'm not going to break that down too much, but he's this was a time where back in this day, they kind of met similar to synagogues, and people would stand up and share, and others would stand up and teach. and And uh, he was like, hey, yo, yo, like not many of you should do that because you who teach are going to be held at a higher standard. If you use your mouth to influence others and you speak for God and represent his words, man, if you lead someone astray, that is a dangerous thing. This is why anybody who preaches, I tell them, obsess over your study, you know, so you don't want to make a mistake and lead someone astray theologically because you didn't do the hard work of really studying what the Bible truly said in context, right? So that's what he's saying to teachers. But then he says, we all, that's you and I, we all stumble in many ways. I love that James at least admits that even for himself, he stumbles. You know, nobody's perfect, but we're striving through the power of Christ for perfection. He says this, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, He is a perfect man, able to control his whole body. Okay, wow, listen to this. Apparently, if God's word is true, if we can control the way we speak, and if we never fault in what comes out of this mouth, that we actually can become perfect. Now, the word perfect means just mature. That we can achieve Christ-like maturity in such a way that we can control our whole life. This is so powerful. Then he goes on to verse three. We put bits in the mouth of horses to make them obey. Um, we guide the whole animal. Think about that 900, 1200 pound horse. And you've got a child sitting on this horse. And this thing is so powerful. Yet with some reins and a little bit in his mouth, even a child can turn this majestic beast the direction he wants. And in the same way that when, when, when we allow our tongue or our mouth to be bridled, and we let the Holy Spirit have the reins of our mouth, right? This two ounce piece of flesh, mucous membrane in our mouth, like it's not the physical tongue, but it's, it's, it's a symbol of it. It will literally direct the course of our life. Um, consider ships as well. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot is inclined. So again, our words literally have the power to direct our business, our our existence our marriages our relationships even our sense of well-being when our words align with God and his ways now this is cool in verse 5 it says in the same way the tongue is a small part of the body but it boasts of great things consider how small a spark sets a great forest ablaze the tongue also is a fire a world of wickedness among the parts of the body it pollutes the whole person and sets the course of his life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. We have some fires right now that are raging on the west coast, even in Oregon and Washington. And uh, the other night, I'm like about to choke, coughing because the smoke from really far away has made its way through, you know, the wind over to our neck of the woods. And so we've been praying for some people that we know are threatened by this fire. But you know that the majority, 85% of forest fires in the wildlands are started uh, by human error. Now think about this. This is such a good picture. It's one little spark that can eat up millions of acres, hundreds of homes, and cost dozens of lives many times. And sometimes it's just this little thing. So I, I, I literally looked up like what are the main causes? Campfires left unattended right? So somebody just forgets to pour water on it and get it all the way out. Um, Nothing malicious, just a little thoughtless, right? Um, The burning of garbage and debris that gets out of control, right? Here's the contained area it's supposed to be burned in, and it ends up getting out out of control, and it lights something near it, and then it sets something else on fire. Another big one we always think of for house fires and forest fires is cigarettes, right? Somebody's smoking a cig, and... uh, you know, unintentionally just put it down. And and then, of course, we have intentional acts of arson. But think about how this lines up. Isn't this so true if we took those same things and applied them spiritually? We, we start forest fires, right, in families, in marriages. Relationships have burned to the ground. Churches have burned to the ground simply because, and you know what, it, sometimes it's not even someone in a position of authority. It can just be a uh, a bitter man or woman who attends the church, who starts to spread a fire, and it goes from one heart and inflames their heart with bitterness to another, to another. And all of a sudden, there is a forest um, of division burning. It's the failure to extinguish some remaining words, like the campfire unattended, right? Man, we just, I didn't put those words out. I didn't go back and say, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I kind of apologize. Hey, I didn't mean that. But I need to go back and say, wait a minute, what I said was not right. What I said was hurtful. But when we when we forget or we carelessly leave that fire burning and we don't go put it out intentionally with sincere hearts, those things can can grow. It's it's the garbage that we vent. There's a there's a place to vent garbage. It's in the presence of God, it's in prayer. You know, sometimes we have a trusted mentor or, you know, friend that we got to be real with, but we're going to keep it there. And when we're done venting our garbage, we pray about it and we take it to the Lord and we, we surrender it at the cross of Jesus. But sometimes we leave that garbage burning or we take it outside of the necessary pit it's supposed to be burned in. And we start burning garbage in places and in conversations we shouldn't. And next thing you know, it's not just you that are burning up or the people involved in the garbage but it spreads to other cities and other states. You get it, you get the picture. It's, uh, it's the neglected words we drop, you know, like a cigarette. That's not garbage, it's not anything big. Uh, I don't even remember saying it. I just, it was so small, I, just, I, w- I was done talking and I said one word and I just dropped it. I didn't know that it would light the carpet on fire, right? And then there are people that genuinely are bound with offense and they intentionally, like arsons, go out because they feel so hurt they want to hurt somebody else. All that said, and I know this is tough, let me read some of the passages that talk about the power of life and death in the tongue. Because I don't know if you're like me, but I've seen some forest fires started with the mouth. I've also started some. And uh, man, I I don't want to be a part of that anymore, right? Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Proverbs 12.18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. You know, I've personally witnessed um, words also being used for incredible healing. You know, uh, Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I remember, we've done a lot of healing prayer, freedom prayer with people, but I've sat with grown men, hairy forearms, big dudes, that are you know, well above the age of being teenagers or kids, 40, 50, 60 years old sometimes, and I've sat with men that are so hurt from maybe dad withholding words of affirmation and speaking harsh words over them when they were children, and literally, you have this burly grown man who is so bottled up and so bound in his soul. And as we sit there and we talk about it, and we say, you know what? Maybe we need to pray this through. And, and as God is my witness, I've sat with men and I've just said, hey, why don't you just say this? I forgive my dad. Lord, I forgive my father. Now say his name. You know, sometimes guys would be like, I, f- I, f- I can't do it. I can't. I can't forgive. Okay, let's pray that God would give you the courage to do it. And then we pray. And all of a sudden, I forgive my dad, And this burly, big dude begins to sob because words broke a contract in the spirit that has been existing in place for decades. And by the power of words aligning with Christ and breaking the stronghold, freedom comes. I've seen this time and time and time again. You know, finally, we read this. It says, all kinds of animals, verse seven, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. What a fascinating reality here. Human beings have taken grizzly bears, put them in movies, put them in circuses, right? We've taken kids and put them on elephants. We, we have people, uh, you know, Joey exotic. God reads that dude. Uh, you know he's got pet tigers and lions, and you know people that raise wolves and coyotes. Uh, you know if you've been to Sea World or whatever, you got killer whales that this ninety-pound woman is feeding sardines to or whatever. So we can do this with animals, have eagles fly back and land on someone's arm at a command. Yet the the power of man is no match for the power of the tongue, and uh, you know we've experienced this in our own life. And I'm going to show you a. Uh, a really cool video. You know, we have, we, th- we think he's a dog, but I don't, I don't really know, we, he's, he's part dog for sure. Um, but uh, we did some scientific DNA tests, and uh, the scientists believe that the DNA that showed up in my half dog is, uh, is ancient, probably Ewok, and it survived through the flood of Noah, and somehow it made it through generations, and we have an unknown species as a pet and we wanted to see if we could tame this thing and teach it to obey the commands of humans. It was a long, exhausting process, but it paid dividends. And I want you to see what I'm talking about when it comes to taming other animals, and then I'll come back and talk about how we tame the tongue. Let's roll the film. All right, they said it couldn't be done, an unknown species. Let's see if we were able to train him to follow our commands as humans. This is Java, a.k.a. Double Tap, a.k.a. The Grim Reaper. Java, sit. Shake. Dance. Dance. Can you jump? Jump. Lay. Speak. Speak. Stay. All right, this is the big test. He won't go until I snap. That's how that's done. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that. Java is amazing. He's an incredible animal, even though we don't know what he is. But all these tricks we taught him, but we cannot teach the tongue to obey, right? And this is where the the importance and the exclamation point of this message hits home. And I'm gonna close with this. Man cannot tame the tongue, but God can. And next week, I wanna talk about how we do that. So this week was just kind of a setup right? And I want to give you a challenge. Here's how I'm going to close. I've been on this little journey. I gave myself a challenge this week and I said, you know what? I'm going to go seven days. I just want to try and be perfect in my speech. Everything that comes out of my mouth, everything I say to my wife, everything I say to my kids, everything I say to myself, my self-talk, like I'm going to, I'm, I'm literally going to focus in and I want to see what it's like and how hard or easy how healing, how freeing, how frustrating it might be to really put a guard on my mouth and ask the Lord to help me with that. And I've actually done pretty well, but I haven't been perfect. This is a hard monster to tame, right? And it's not like I went off on anybody, but there are times that all of a sudden, how did that come out of my mouth, right? But if he says we can be perfect and mature and and control our entire life and existence by getting this thing right, what if you would go on a journey with me? Take seven days. After that, go back to your old ways of cussing and complaining, okay? Okay, I'm I'm joking about that. But just try seven days and see the difference it makes. Here's what you're gonna find. You are gonna talk a lot less. I promise you that. Because there's times I'm like, it's not even worth saying, right? Or the words that come into you. I've been very careful because words affect the heart. So I've been guarding what comes into my ears because I know that words influence. So do this with me. Try it and let's see what God will do. I want to pray for you though because I know that this can be a frustrating thing and I know I made some lighthearted comments but I know that there are people watching today and your marriages were destroyed because of words. Some of you are like that burly man. Maybe you're a dainty woman but you are carrying wounds from your childhood simply because words were not given. They were withheld when they should have been given or words were launched at you out of emotion rather than thoughtfulness and kindness. So I wanna pray for you right now. And then there might be some here that you have never received Jesus Christ as your savior. You don't know who he is. You don't have a relationship with him. And you know what the Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, right? And you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. And so even, even the confession of our mouth will acquit us when we align with the promise of God's gift through Jesus Christ that he gave on the cross. Can we pray? Why don't you bow your head and just let the Holy Spirit speak his words over you now as I pray. So Father, I ask in Jesus' name that everybody watching, Lord would be filled with encouragement and hope that literally there is an opportunity to supercharge the blessing to supercharge the fruit, to heal relationships, to restore broken things, to redeem things that are lost, to take back ground that's been given up simply by allowing the monster to be tamed in our mouth and allowing the Holy Spirit to take the reins, to bridle our tongue and turn that monster into a ministry. God, I thank you that we can prevent suicide simply by following the prompting of the Holy Ghost and speaking life into dying things. I pray for those right now that want to go on this journey, that you give them the courage, the strength, and the willingness to do it. And God, for those that need a relationship with you right now, I pray that, Lord, they would find a deep sense of purpose, meaning, freedom, and new life as they turn to you and confess you as Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. Um, if there's anybody that you know that needs a little motivation with their mouth, which means everybody you know, um, pass this message on to them. Also, uh, don't forget Saturday night's Redeemed Church meets at uh, Olympic View Baptist Church. And so if you want to join us in person, then uh, just come join us six o'clock. Go to redeem.church for more information. God bless. Have a great week.